Sup fam, it's Few coming at you with what is perhaps the official introduction to this episode. We have decided to put one on you because we have a bit of a rough start to this one, but I thought it would be interesting to capture some of the dialogue as it is in the beginning, as it is both informative and fucking hilarious. Hopefully you all find this as interesting as I intended for it to be, and maybe we can all agree together that sometimes perfection is to be found in the imperfections. If I'm wrong about this, then it only means that Nameless Narcissist was right, that the end result is going to be shit anyways, and I might as well resign myself to this fate. In either case, somebody wins, and Nameless Narcissist is perhaps some kind of a prophet, or a professor, maybe. Let us know what you think. Okay, I see. Uh, there we go. Hey, that's better. Much better. Thank God. <laughs> give me a sec. You're coming through my speakers, and I have headphones on, so it's really okay, weird yeah, I'll right give now. Me a minute. <laughs> A sec. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the audio is not uh, uh participating that's not the word that i want uh the audio is not playing nice something like that i word well there we go okay i think i'm good now can you still hear me uh, yes i can still hear you thank god okay i was <laughs> i was like wow okay awesome uh first few minutes here I'm, I'm late and then I'm, nothing works. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's all good. It's the product in the end. That's what it's all about. Don't worry. Um, that'll be shit too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how you doing, man? This is exciting. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty all right. Pretty average day. Stressed as hell per usual. What about yourself? Um, not too bad, actually. I was uh, just having a bit of a funk the last two days because I have chronic fatigue syndrome and it was kind of acting Jeez. up. So it was on my ass. But today I'm uh, bright and cheery. So uh, I'm fucking ready for this. Right. I'm glad to hear you're in good mood now. I mean, I'm in one of those. I've been in one of those like just cluster B moods for like the past like week. And I've just yeah. been like so just I just been pissy at like everything. <laughs> Actually, uh, I saw some of your recent videos and you were like driving and uh, like it's the holidays, right? And they were bringing you down a bit yeah. or something like that. And I was just like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I was literally <laughs> like, well, it's hilarious because I don't know if I mentioned what sparked to that, but like I, I saw my ex at a party and so I freaked out and left for Michigan. <laughs> I was like, I mean, that, that's not the first time that like traveling has came as a result of like girl problems. Once I had a girlfriend who ignored me for three days, so I left from mm. Washington D.C. to show her that like to not be as secure with in the relationship. <laughs> oh that's glorious yeah see like i've gotten pretty good at being able to like manage my shit and even when i wasn't managing my shit as well it was mostly internalized yeah so like you know i totally like get what you're saying like i wouldn't like do that i'd be like obscenely anxious and like depressed and suicidal <laughs> which yeah not, not sure if better <laughs> but, but i totally understand you and it's just uh that's funny it, it was oh my god it's um i mean in fairness it's one of my more healthy coping mechanisms i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah that's actually what i was sort of thinking where i was just like yeah no that's maybe not as bad as me just like you know <laughs> being in a ball and just shutting everybody off it's just like exactly. yeah, still doing videos like going out for a road trip yeah okay you know it's it takes away from your schedule but yeah <laughs> my buddy's like hey we still hanging tonight i was like well so this is complicated um there, oh, might, be, there might be some logistical issues with that 
<laughs> yeah, actually, when I heard holidays, I thought that it might be like one of those things where like I haven't shown up for my primary family for like any holidays for like a decade now. Right. And so it's just like one of those things where like sometimes the holidays roll around and like people who have those family problems or they kind of think about it and they illuminate yeah. about it and it sucks. So I thought maybe that was what was going on for that, like Easter with you. That was part of it. And yeah. well, not to mention like, cause I still, cause I avoid my family during all days and stuff, but like yeah, they exactly. still try to get me to show up. Uh. So I'm always just like dreading those phone calls. Mm. Like, luckily, like I don't talk to my sister anymore because I had a Christmas tradition there for a while where she would call me drunk as uh, piss every uh, Christmas <laughs> and cry about our uh, home life. And I was, and I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Oh, oh that's balls! Like you guys uh, don't have any sort of like bonding over just like that was shit. Hey, like that really sucked. Uh, yeah, like we we <clears throat> we had moments like that at certain points, but most of it was like my sister likes to blame a lot of it on me, and we right. and like growing up we blamed each other like quite a bit for a lot of it. Yeah. So uh, and my sister like okay, like my sister is borderline is diagnosed borderline and pr- she's not diagnosed ASPD, but she had a conduct disorder as a kid, and she it went right. untreated. So she probably has ASPD. Um, yep. And she, and she is not treated whatsoever. Understood. So that yeah. is complicated. <laughs> you to say the least. <laughs> you could say our relationship's a little strange. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I'm uh, lucky. I have a brother who's kind of like, um, you know, socially like awkward, but otherwise, like he was the golden child. So like he's relatively okay. Like you know, he made it out like not being all over the fucking place like i was he's just not fucked up as much yeah exactly and so like at this point now like we we can still talk with each other and it's like he doesn't completely see things my way but at this point he's also cut our mother off after she screamed at his uh wife's mother over christmas because she was jealous that they were over there and just like have to a whole bunch of <laughs> after, after a whole bunch of other bullshit as well. And I'm just like, yeah, we're done here. So, so see, they- <laughs> this is what's great about about toxic families is like, yeah, it's traumatizing. But then like, if you just look at the behaviors, you're like, okay, that's kind of hilarious. Actually, yeah, no. oh no, like yeah, these days exactly. It's like one of those things where like people, like my brother's wife, she would cry sometimes and be like, oh, yo, why does she like me? Or, like it's hurtful. She doesn't understand. Yeah, like, tell me the latest shit that went down i'm just like it's like my like my uh <laughs> my grandma um fucking once it was like it, i don't remember what the occasion was but her and my aunt got into a fight like by my great aunt so her sister and my aunt has her in a fucking like chokehold right and God my damn. grandma she's like fuck she doesn't know what to do so she reaches over to the counter and stabs her with a butcher knife Okay. Which my All thought, right. well, and then my reaction was, "Go, Grandma! <laughs> Kick your ass!" <laughs> I hate how it's just like I can feel like in myself. I have like a bit of that. Like I'd probably try to do something, but then also just be like, "Grandma with a knife." That's kind of fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, <Exactly. laughs> I mean, my, well, it, it's my grandma is just a, she like was a deeply troubled woman, but she was also like borderline out the ass. Mm. Um, so like she has, we have all these stories of her just doing this, like terrifyingly horrific shit, but then there'll be like a story, like she read a book and it scared her so bad that she hid it under the pillows of the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So So, she's just like 
on all cylinders. It's just things are going off in different directions. You don't know what's going to come out of her. Yeah. But I mean, like, and back when, uh, I mean, and in fairness, like back when she was alive, like I had no idea about most of this stuff. I fucking loved that. I loved her. I loved her more than my mom. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And it's maybe it's like one of those things where for her, like you didn't see the other side because like you didn't live with her as much. So exactly, you kind of yeah. see the positive side and then the other shit comes out. Actually, my grandmother, um, you know, it was kind of I I was kind of distant from her because she believed a lot of the lies that my mother told her about like uh, being violent and abusive and shit. And so it's just like nice. I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, not super comfortable with you either. And also didn't believe me when I said that I was molested by the dude who did it. Actually, oh, no, it's really fucked up. I didn't say this on any of the pods, but I should have. When that dude died, he, like, left shit for me and my brother. And she Mm -hmm. actually, like, gave it to me. And I was just like, this is the dude who I told you who molested me. And it's just like, didn't actually take it seriously until word came out from other people that he'd raped other people. And then it finally clued in. Um, Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's close. Yeah, but, <laughs> but see, oh, that's close. My like my um my sister because like me and my sister both went through some sort of sexual abuse. I don't really mm-hmm. remember mine very vividly. I, I like have yeah. flashes. Yeah. Um, but my sister insists that it was my mom's like ex lesbian lover. Right. Which I don't. I doubt it. If I'm being real, but I don't know for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But the thing, the one thing that happened that did happen, like that, made me be like, hmm maybe there was something there is that like that woman still sends my sister like gifts every year right yeah. so i'm like that's sketchy like uh, <laughs> that's i don't know about that one what the fuck is going on here it's it's like oh. i don't know why she did like fucking me and my sister hated that woman why is she sending her gifts yeah that's so fucking strange and oh god i just like hear the toxic like both of us are like talking about our toxic families you're just trying to sort out like who the fuck did what when and it right. just like beats your head spinning <laughs> you're like you're like all right who was the most abusive i can't tell <laughs> like but yeah i was also going to say about my grandmother is like you know i do remember a lot of things about her like you know she was better than my mother for the most part or um i got along better but then kind of like in later years she divorced my grandfather and she's like really gone off the deep end just like paranoia about like people slipping her the covid vaccine in like a tetanus shot um like peace oh i just don't have words for that one. Oh, um, she, what, at one point, she was like telling us that like her best friend had like hacked her phone, and oh, we were my just gosh. like, we looked at it, and she'd been snooping on my grandfather, taking pictures of his phone with hers, and there was flash in the picture because she was like using her phone and the camera, and she said that the flash uh, image, like circle, because she took the photo like a noob, was the little hacker man from Google when you're in an incognito tab. <laughs> and we were just like grandma we will literally replicate this for you like i will show you right now and just would not believe it just yeah it's like you do it he's it she hacked your phone too (laughs) (laughs) she's everywhere and it was just like i okay i give up like i started distancing myself from her a while ago now and it's just like yeah. All like the historical stuff, and then just like the Looney Tune shit. Now it's just like <laughs> I care about you as a family member and like somebody who I've known, but it's just I can't preserve myself. I can't keep my own chill, my own mental well being, yeah. and be close to you when you're like 
It's like I just which fair, yeah. Like kind of where I'm at as well. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, with less care because you know I'm a fucking narcissist. I don't have feelings. <laughs> um, but uh, but like, see, I have like a complicated relationship with my parents at this point though because it's like, okay, was my childhood fucking terrible? Yep. But also, like, they have definitely grown a lot since then and had even apologized oh. for some stuff. Oh, that's so difficult. Like, yeah, so I'm like, I, I'm like, am I allowed to hate them? Do do I have to yeah. forgive them? Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah, see, at least with my mother, she's like kept it consistent, which is yeah, just like yeah, she, <laughs> she's not throwing any wild cards. You know, <laughs> exactly. So I'm just like, whoa, like I don't have to think about this. It's just like you know, like I even just like I you know I set a boundary a couple years ago. It's just like pretty clear. It's like I told you how this is gonna go. Like if you can sort out some of the things I've addressed, like maybe I'll talk to you. But there is no fucking way I'm letting you near anybody else in my life. Like that's not an option. Oh god. Yeah, and she just like you know, all right, get out of my life then. She was just like, you know, like, walk me, take your shit. Like, I don't want to hear from you. It's like, great. Okay. It's like, well, that made things easier. I don't even have to wonder about this anymore. Just like, yeah. and then, you know, <laughs> like that responsibility is taken off of me. Thank God. Yeah. And then she oh. started fucking around with like other people, like my brother and his wife. She didn't have me to like, you know, pick up yeah. anymore. And it's just like, okay, like I, you, you kept it uh, consistent and clear. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Literally Karen as well. So, you know, oh, literally care. Wow, that's bad omen. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Did, I, I already feel like I could just shoot the shit with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Like, fucking. <laughs> Fuck I, I never, I never stress about talking to, about these interviews and stuff because I'm like, okay, if they're cluster B, there's going to be like no fucking issues. Like, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like there's honestly just something about it where it's like sometimes with like normies you just kind of sit gotta sit there you gotta bite your tongue a bit you gotta yeah. think about like what they know you're just like okay all right i get exactly. it exactly yeah go ahead it, it, like there's so much more well because i'm like calculating what i'm saying 90 percent of the time anyway but <clears> there's <throat> so many more factors when it comes to somebody yeah. that is like normal in quotes because it's like okay they probably won't like if i laugh that laugh at like i don't know a dog dying or something like that <laughs> or like <laughs> <laughs> or, or like if i mention a, trauma, a traumatic memory and say it as a joke they're probably not going to laugh it'll just be very uncomfortable exactly <laughs> and so it's actually, like yeah. yeah no this is funny because uh the lover who i have right now and I actually met her on the forums and uh so she died or self-identifies as a sociopath and narcissistic absolutely and we first started uh watching shows together and we wa- started watching the boys which is the first season fucking incredible if you haven't seen it okay I, I know nothing about the boys other than the fact that, so, that an ex-friend of mine who were ex-friends because I because when I was more of a shitbag, I slept with his girlfriend. Um, yeah, I would do it. Yeah, he, he, he compared <laughs> me to Homelander, and I was very upset. <laughs> uh, I like... I literally went home, looked looked up like clips of this guy, and I'm like, man, I this is one of the worst. This is probably one of the this guy hates me way more than I thought. He'd be like, Jesus Christ. Yep. No, Homelander is just like absolutely diagnosable MVP. And it's yeah. just it's phenomenal. There was a um, scene, there was a scene that I saw when I was like looking up because somebody mentions that I remind them of someone, I will be spending the next whole day looking up that person because identity shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. But uh like there was a scene of him giving himself a pep talk in the mirror but yeah. and, like, the guy in the mirror was like super like mean and he was like kind of a bitch and i was like i have literally had this conversation with myself <laughs> like i would i like literally reacted to the guy in the mirror and like it, he said the same fucking thing and i was like jesus christ <laughs> oh no 
Yeah. I, so the, part, the the trick that I was watching with the thing that you said, like at first we were watching it and just like at all the shit that's supposed to be horrible, there's something horrifying that happens in the first like five ten minutes, and it like sets part of the premise of the show, and it's like she covered her mouth to laugh and it was just like an automatic impulse she kept doing that for like the first hour and the next time she watched the show she was like i don't have to do that do i, I was like so here's a so there's this guy <laughs> this like rel- like basically the same thing more or less but like i was once at this party and so like for context the per there's this guy named who I don't get along with him because he kind of abused his girlfriend and it was like a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but like we, but a lot of people I know are still kind of friends with him and we were at this party and he wasn't there, but somebody got a text from him and apparently, and like, he just like announces to the party. He's like, guys, dad just died of COVID. And I just fucking start laughing because I, because it, so, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. It's like, why would you just announce that right now? And then I was, <laughs> people were like staring at me and I realized that wasn't the move. And so like, <laughs> That, then I start la- Then I'm like. Then I start thinking about it, and I start laughing again because it was so funny that I laughed at him dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now, whenever I think about it, I still laugh because there's so much there. It's comedy gold. Oh. oh man, you actually remind me. Like when this was happening, um, there was a subreddit called the Herman Cain Awards, who was like a black friend of Trump who died of COVID after showing up at one of his rallies and like being anti-COVID and skeptical and shit. Oh yeah. So the so the Herman Cain Awards was people going through social media and people being like anti-vax and being like you know like posting like this is bullshit and all the shit. Right. And then right. later, when they ended up in the hospital or died and shit like that, and it was just like. Oh, one of this shit and you know so me like actually having emotions is a borderline there was like parts of it that horrified me and parts that like really drew a lot of sadness and pity then after a while it's just like fucking lemmings off a cliff like it's just like you have to laugh at some of them after a while you're just like you people are literally dying to own the limbs like you know what god bless soldier based based <laughs> as fuck <laughs> exactly <laughs> i literally like here's my thing is like I, I love that you mentioned that like some of it was like horrifying upsetting because I see those posts and I don't really like them. Not because like it didn't even occur to me to have feelings about the fact that these people died. It was more <laughs> just like I was like, man, can these people stop their preachy political activism like yeah. both in using these deaths and for the person that did die? Because I just get so annoyed with politics. Like once, yeah. you, once you get once you fall into far right extremism and get out of it, you kind of get sick of politics real quick. <laughs> I can completely understand. And you know what? Actually, I can't. I think I just heard you mention that in one of your later videos, and now they're saying it now. Like I absolutely, if you are willing to, would love to talk to you about that sometime, and maybe even something about like personality disorders or people with negative affects or insecure attachments and then getting drawn to those types of ideologies. No, I think like, I think it's really interesting because um, I think that a lot of people underestimate <laughs> the amount that trauma can have a part in radicalizing somebody. Um, oh, exactly. like my, my whole, cause like my whole thing was basically that my, so my mom left my dad for a woman and a lot of the, mm. and a lot of the abandonment issues that came there manifested in, okay, like anti-homosexuality because that's how my young brain kind of rationalized it. And so then I, I start engaging it with like, you know, anti-homosexual rhetoric. And since it, I would be excluded from every like group that actually shared my political beliefs, like fucking, I was like liberal in every aspect other than that. Right. 
And since nobody was willing to engage with me and actually talk me through why I held those beliefs and like try to like lead me towards it, they'd just be like, oh no, you're like a bigot. You should go to hell. The only right. people that would tolerate me is the far right. Exactly. And, and so they yep. were the one. So I got so then all my other political opinions eventually started to change because I was stuck in those echo chambers. Uh, with nobody, uh, for, with nobody to kind of challenge um, any of that stuff, there was no actual political um, dialogue. That the whole thing you just said is all fucking incredible, and I mean, I w- we have to do an episode on it or something like that. Uh, maybe I'll even like edit and uh, put some of this in. We should do an intro and then like actually maybe start talking about things that we think we want to put out there for the public. I think <laughs> we did probably really- true. I, I think this was golden. Like this, this is the thing. I realized that like, like I realized very early on that for some reason me just talking about personality disorders, no matter how disorganized it is, people just like to hear. Yeah, like, no. I, like, like I like. Well, I actually started doing this because me and my friend almost started a podcast about. Per- well, we did like two episodes. It was me and my borderline friend, uh, who I don't talk to anymore because you know that's just kind of how things go. Um, but like, we were just talking about like our cluster B stuff and like saying stuff that like we related to each other on, and we didn't even. We were just like joking around, and we didn't realize that like the entire like group that we were with at the time ha- has been staring at us, slack jawed, completely interested in like what we were exactly. saying. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is something that I say on the forums all the time, which is just like, if you are authentic to yourself and you say things that are true, like, yeah, some people, they're not going to get it. But especially when you do a conversation and you show that there's actually somebody else who's understanding and relating, like when you just Mm -hmm. say it yourself, people can push you aside and say, like, you're just a loser, you're alone, and nobody gets it. When you're talking to somebody and they see that somebody else is on the same page as you, and they're yeah. like, wait a second, like, there's actually something there? Honestly, <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy, oh, it's not that just Jacob is a fucking crazy person, it's that there are multiple crazy people out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this is the fucking language that they speak. Like, you know, one yeah. crazy can find another. And <laughs> like, like, I remember trying to describe to the, because I don't know, do you ever get that feeling of, like, when you're in, when, like, I don't know, you're like hanging out with a group of people right and a girl there starts flirting with like somebody who isn't you and you kind of get pissed off i i i i get it a bit like i i used to get it like more when i was like younger i've yeah. gotten I, like i've gone into a non-monogamous route as i've gotten older gotcha, and so yeah. i'm actually pretty good about it but sometimes i still do like i'm actually pretty good at if there are people who i care about and i get jealous i'll literally just tell them and get it out of my system Interesting. but it's actually it's actually funny that i'm the one who's really committed to non-monogamy my partner doesn't give a fuck and i definitely get more jealous than she does because well, <laughs> for me it's like it doesn't even have to be like somebody that's like it doesn't right. have to be somebody that's like i'm interested in it at all it's just like wait why are you fooling with them and not me like it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> fucking matter. Like no matter who they are, and me yeah. ever shared that, and I just remember trying to describe that to the uh to like the normie friends, and I and it was not going anywhere. Oh no! See, I I get it. It's just not me, but I totally understand. Oh, or trying to ex- describe the fucking hierarchy to friends is always mm-hmm. yes. They do not under people to try to describe hierarchical thinking to people is such like it's like bashing my head against the wall because like on one because I will be like. No, like there's people who are objectively better than other people and people who are objectively worse. And they're like, okay, but everybody has their own qualities. I'm like, yeah. And then all those can be ranked in terms of best <laughs> to worst. And then we can rank them accordingly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, what? Okay. so many things to touch on. Like I, I, I feel like I would love to probe that with you because I do disagree. I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But I, 
Yeah, I, I find that fascinating. It's because, um, like, I conceptually, I get like the you know non hierarchical view, but it's like to me, it just feels so obvious that like nobody is equal. You would have to be like identical to be equal. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes absolute sense. I guess, um, like for me, it's one of those things where, aside from like far out there arguments about like the actual fact of the matter, um, something like say I wanted to get to know you, right? Yeah, and to get to know you, like I could go through say your YouTube. That's not going to tell me everything about you, but that's still like one of the ways of if I want to try to devour a nameless narcissist right now. <laughs> and it's like, that's still not you, though. There's still more. There's still yes. other sides of you. There's still things you haven't said. Mm -hmm. So practically, there is no way to even get to the point of knowing somebody deeply enough to make a good ranking of them. The time you need to spend to actually do that relatively well Interesting. is something that most of us functionally can't get to. So basically so, you're like, there's no point in fixating on it because it's impossible to do it accurately. Yeah. Something like that. Like, it's just, you know, when you like whatever, if you, especially if you're in a group of people and like, you know, you think you can make rapid judgments, but then this is, so one of the things that I say about empathy is if you have a strong sense of self and you see your relationship to yourself and how deep you are and how nuanced you are, you project that into other people and you're like, there's no way I can make a quick judgment about this person just like right off the bat. You it know, takes longer than that. God, don't don't challenge my grandiosity like that. I can read people like a book. I can read them. It's funny because like literally like, and I share this with quite a few narcissists from uh, what I know is that I like, I get walk into a room and I'm immediately ranking everybody in my head. It's like, who's the most attractive? Who's the, who is the most charismatic? Who's the most well-connected? Who's the like leader mm -hmm. quote unquote. And I'll spend like a couple of minutes, like when I first walk in anywhere, like trying to figure out what that hierarchy is and see who it is that I want to kind of align myself with, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you're because ostensibly you're right. It, like, there's no way for me to make a full judgment about somebody's character, a fully informed judgment about anybody's character, even the people that I know that are like closest to me. That mm. being said, I still think I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, and I mean, you know, so something, so like, you know, the thing you can judge is like appearances and the seeming who's got it going on and kind of shallow things that I think you can do. Like, and I think actually if you're narcissistic and that's kind of the worldview that you inhabit, yeah, you I, was can actually, to say. I think you can actually do that really fucking well. So yeah. that, that I validate the thing that I I'm, love how I didn't even consider that there was aspect that you were talking about aspects of people that weren't just superficial. I was like, <laughs> oh, obviously he's only talking about intelligence and looks clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. yeah naturally. <laughs> And it's like wait yeah. morality oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so it's just like one of the things where it's like it depends on what you're looking for and that's actually one of the ways where if i need to outplay people particularly if they're narcissistic or antisocial or something like that one of the things i'll do to fuck with people is i'll retreat into depth or i'll retreat into the emotional nuances that i know they can't follow so they keep on trying to do like all the shallow things and like screaming for attention like some of the fucking stalkers i have on the forum and it's just like i'm just gonna wait for you to wait, keep stalk, doing wait, this stalkers are on the forum oh yeah like there was just another post and the mods just nuked it like earlier today or like last night or something and it's been going on for like two years now Jesus and it's just, yeah and it's just fucking ridiculous but it's just like one of those things where it's like okay like i'm just going to keep doing what i'm doing i'm gonna pay attention to this i'm not gonna get upset over the small incidents that happen i'm gonna let it build up into a bigger picture and narrative and then i'll oh. cut your fucking head off later when it's like <laughs> i'm more established than you and you look like a lunatic that's exactly what happened it's just like i'll 
I will have the longer term vision and the deeper understanding, and that's how I'll win. I think because I think um was was that oh was that related okay because I remember on the post uh that they made on Reddit of like the podcast with me because obviously yeah. I had to read every single comment because I'm uh-huh. you know <laughs> what are people saying about me like I I'm like oh by the way anybody from Reddit who's reading this I do search my name on Reddit like every day so if you say anything <laughs> about me I will know like I have read every single thing. <laughs> Oh man, um, he's got his own intel agency just uh, <laughs> looking for his names on Reddit. I spend way it. too much time doing that, not gonna lie. <laughs> like, I mean, I'll be like bored w- waiting in line. I'm like, I wonder what people are saying about me. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I would get offended. Like, I'm, last time I checked, nobody had mentioned me in like a week. And I was like, how, who, what could they possibly be t- talking about other than me? We had to drop with these people. Fucking engagement, man. Like, <laughs> you got to do some more ratchet shit. Right, right. I need to, st- I need to cause a scene. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anyways but yeah on that post uh like some but somebody made a comment like in reference to you that was pretty negative if i remember correctly was that the same person yeah it was the same person and they did the same thing again and that just got nuked and so it's just like yeah it's them there's probably a couple other people it, at this point it's whatever like it's dragged out long enough that it's just ridiculous and a farce and even other people on the forums are just like you're playing the same tune like it didn't go well the first time like <laughs> what you doing girl go home and do, so, like, do you know them personally? I might. I'm. Uh, you think, you're not sure who they are exactly. I I have not tried to put in any more effort than I needed to because sure. like that's part of the game. Um, it could be some <laughs> IRL people who I cut off because they fucking suck. And nice. yeah, so I mean, it, at this point, there are probably some people from online who have maybe bandwagoned on. It doesn't fucking matter. Like I'm just gonna keep doing my thing, and if they want to keep driving up engagement on the posts that I make, go nuts. How are you getting more hate than I am? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, really. Like, I, I, I don't think I, nobody has ever like. I don't think like as I said, I look my name constantly. Nobody has ever said anything bad about me so far. Yeah, it, it's fucking nuts. And I even like try not to be an asshole. Like I'm actually just like talking with people and exploring shit with them. Okay, I actually have one more thing to say to <laughs> circle back to ten minutes ago because we just keep fucking going. But yeah, the thing that you said about. Uh, when you fell into far right extremism, you yeah, had yeah. certain views that nobody who fit with you in other ways, like they just saw the one thing and they mm-hmm. wrote you off and they wouldn't actually challenge you about it. And that's actually one of the exact things that I've been engaged in in the forum is like, I'm going to a place where the narcissistic people are. And it's just like, okay, like I've engaged with some, I came to it partly because I'd been dealing with some shit like in real life with people and i realized i couldn't communicate with them or understand them and i wanted to know how do i make this work like what do people need to hear i know that they're not just evil empty monsters or husks there has to be some way to do this well (laughs) (laughs) okay let's put them in in that well you know even if they're you know there are some people who are malignant and you know they are uh you go down that spectrum, but I wanted to test myself and also just figure out like, what's the truth of this? Like, how far can you go? How can you reach people? Also unpopular opinion. This is completely random, but I like talking about this every now and then unpopular opinion. I don't think there's such a thing as malignant narcissists. Interesting. Okay. I can, well, I, I can explain more about that later, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. And so just the thing is to see 
where how can you reach people and i mean there are a lot of narcissistic people out there like you yeah. even one of the tropes of narcissists only seek help when they're collapsed and seeking recovery it's like for a lot of people and then for others you see I people mean, just showing up on the forum just being like anybody else here just like fucking hate everybody for no reason and just like i hate that trope because it implies it implies that the only time narcissists suffer at all is when we're collapsing, quote unquote, right, which is exactly. also my hate, which is mm -hmm. okay. Sorry, it wouldn't be a mental illness if we weren't consistently suffering. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I say this all the time, like even to narcissists who sometimes they try to uh, reappropriate the disorder by being like, you know, it does make me homeland or like I am all powerful and all this. Exactly. And it's like, yeah. it is a disorder. I fell into it, that. <laughs> I did. It, it's a disorder. It makes your life harder. You do things at the That's wrong true. times, you do them in cost inefficient ways you defeat your own purposes and ends it mm -hmm. fucks your life up and it does it consistently it is not a superpower it gives you a skill set that's yep. the thing that i think fucks people up is it does give you a skill set yes. that can do things that aren't like normal people and normal people usually don't like it like being lightning quick on your feet knowing yep. how to make good impressions uh snap shallow judgments uh, those are like things uh, that uh, like a good one is a uh, narcissist actually are like hyper like because you know lack of empathy and everything but we're actually hyper in tune to people's uh like perception of us like we right. can more accurately we can basically read somebody's emotions perfectly if it pertains to their opinion of us that's a really good one that's uh clever and i mean even for people who i think are okay well I know you just said the, you know, like malignant narcissists, but people who yeah. are malignant or antisocial or something of the sure. sort, I think that something that's also interesting about them is that they're also pretty good at knowing where to find people's vulnerabilities and how to press on them. Like they're more willing to look at people as kind of mechanisms or computers or laptops yeah. and know how to work the buttons and things like that. Which that can, can be actually, helpful. Yeah. Like, like yeah. if you're a surgeon or something, that can be super helpful. Exactly. Or even to people who are interested in psychology or uh, things like that. The fact that they can so incisively pick those things out and that's something that i know i can do myself and it's the re i try to channel it pro-socially i try to use exactly. it to engage with people well and that's where some of the depth of what i can do goes well is because i know how to find those places and then i try to work with people in a sustainable way but if i decide to be an asshole and twist or break something it's gonna fucking hurt and that <laughs> is <laughs> and that's a skill that i think uh particularly DPD, NPD, uh, ASPD all have is mm. that they really know how to find those places. And there is an incredible power there. There is. There really, there really is. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing is that like, I always try to say, because I feel like we need a lot more positivity when it comes to having a personality disorder, right? Because mm -hmm. I feel like, because like, you know, we're fucking stuck like this. It's not changing. <laughs> and I always kind of say, it's like, there's nothing inherently wrong with having a personality disorder. If you're applying the skip, because it just does give you a separate way of viewing the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like we talk about the, like we were talking about the hierarchies thing. Technically, if we really want to look at it, neither of us were wrong in terms of how we view hierarchies, if it does exist yep. or if it doesn't, it's mm -hmm. just separate perceptions of the world. And that doesn't exactly. have to be inherently bad as long as we can recognize the shortcomings and, and recognize that it doesn't make us better. But we, and again, like, okay, for all the narcissists out there that fucking go down that rabbit hole, stop it's your grandiosity. Like how, <laughs> how obvious can it be? Um, but, but yeah, like there's a lot of responsibility in being able to kind of, uh, twist this into something positive as opposed to something that just ruins your life and the lives of people around you. And that's precisely it. Like, even when it comes to normie people, there's something about there's 
if they're tuned into the default and they never have to question themselves, they say, oh, well, the way you look at the world is awful or it's wrong. Right. The hierarchical thinking that you just described, like mm -hmm. that's our wrong way of approaching things. It's just, no, it's different. And I mean, it makes perfect sense too. If you don't have a deeper sense of security and safety from your family and your upbringing, and you have to show up at situations and be like, if I do this wrong, I am fucked. Nobody's going to catch yeah. me. There's no safety net. I have to be able to make rapid judgments. I have to know how to appeal to people on a quick basis, on a shallow basis, on first impressions. Then that hierarchical thinking or a shallow but quick judgment of people is a fundamentally crucial skill. Yes. Or, or if people are, you know, the trauma that you've described in your origin of knowing how to navigate people more quickly as you get older, you need that. I mean, hypervigilance, is, I mean, hypervigilance is, you know, <clears throat> common in all trauma disorders, right? And it just manifests exactly. in very specific ways for us. Like uh, for, um, like for uh, borderlines, a big one is being in tune to people's emotional states. Uh, a lot of times it's, comes from like uh over parentification of like parentifying exactly. the uh child um you, you got me in a nutshell all right yeah. well, fuck <laughs> it. I, i'm going home like that's just <laughs> well, it makes sense right you're you receiving love was contingent on you being able to regulate your uh, caregiver's emotions mm -hmm. and so one of your the more important things to do is to uh to appease them like to appease them from like you know the violence and manipulation or neglect whatever is by honing a skill like that exactly and so you have to be more in tune with them and their emotions than they are with themselves yeah. you are with yourselves and exactly like that's the skill set that i now have that with the stuff that i do or the way that i engage with people and relate to the world i employ it at length and i try to lean into mm -hmm. it as my strong suit but yeah. i'm not ignorant enough and i'm also i guess in tune enough with other people's worlds that i see okay like that's how i work other people work differently and even the way that i work fucking sucks sometimes like some it is horrifying when you are enmeshed in situations and you can see what's happening in people better than they can and where it's gonna oh be my god i know right you can't do a goddamn thing about it or people are being malignant but you still give a fuck about them fucking <laughs> see off my, my thing is always like i i always just like look at some people because this is the thing is people forget that like normal people can like they can be not self-reflective too. self-reflection is exactly. necessary for anybody to grow mm -hmm. and so sometimes i'll have a completely healthy mentally well person who's just making stupid fucking decisions and it's so obvious <laughs> to me because i put in the work to self-reflect and meanwhile yeah. they but they don't have to because it doesn't fuck up their life to not self-reflect so they can just mm. go and be stupid everywhere <laughs> yeah I, you know i'll give a shout out to somebody on the forum shabang doozy who's commented before that some of the favorite things they saw in my writing before is that I said that healthier disordered people, they can all fail to be self-aware. Like being yes. a healthy or a functional person doesn't mean you are deeply self-aware or reflective. Just means that in some of the ways, at least the way that I see it, you can live a life that isn't super destructive or you don't suffer with a lot of unnecessary negative affect. You can kind of be in tune with the present. Uh, there, I've defined it in a couple of ways people can find it if they'd like. But it's it does not mean that you really deeply know what's going on with the world. And the same thing with being disordered. Being disordered can make being self-aware fucking difficult. That's right. for certain. But self-aware disordered people, and if they can get in tune with kind of the more default way of thinking and looking at things, they are a fucking fascinating beast because of the different perspectives and experiences they can bring yeah. to things. 
I mean, it's, <clears throat> and yeah, because like, I completely agree. And I feel like that's something that needs to be talked about a little bit more is that being, I feel like people um, take being mentally healthy and be, and as the opposite of being disordered, when I really think they're separate constructs, right? Like, exactly. I, I'm disordered, but I would say I'm more mentally healthy than a lot of normal people. Well, okay, that's probably not true. <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> it's not getting over our skis here. <laughs> yeah, I was, like, I was like, okay, well, and then I like think that I freaked out and, and drove to Michigan all the way. I'm like, okay, well, maybe not. <laughs> Um, but it's a, I think it's possible to be disordered and to be more mentally healthy than somebody who uh, is not. And I honestly think that happens more often than we think, just because, again, we are forced to because like we we fuck up our lives and we and eventually we have to sit down and be like, OK, so what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I to be a little highbrow here, I think it's uh, W.E. Dubois who talked about double consciousness, a uh, black scholar uh, in American history and. It's the idea that as a black man or a black woman or person, uh, particularly closer to slavery times, you had to internalize not just your own world and how to see everything. You also had to internalize the white man's world and how they see everything and understand mm -hmm. everything. And you have to be willing to react to them and put yourself aside and know how the two interact. So your world is massively more complicated to navigate yes. than theirs because you have to know both. And I think it's the same thing with disordered people. If you manage to get to a point of self-awareness is yes. you have to know what the ordered, functional, healthy people are doing. And then you also have to know yourself and you're the one who has to do the work of bridging the gap because they don't understand yes. you. And it's, and it's so funny, like having, like being a narcissist, because like before I was self-aware, like I didn't re recognize that it was separate worldviews. I was just like, right. oh, everyone else is just so much more stupid than I am, obviously. <laughs> That's why they think they're obviously also wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, not true. But, but, in, but in fairness, it's like, I feel like we, but again, I think normal people also can uh, fall into some of that black and white thinking in terms of the right and wrong ways to think. Um, here's like, like there's something that I was, um, I was talking to Dr. Mark Edenson in one of the lives I did with him oh, cool. and he's, and he said something along the lines of that, like what, what did he say? Um, <clears throat> he said, there are some situations in the world that are black and white. And mm -hmm. it goes to show how, like how I was thinking about black and white thinking in terms of black and white, because I was like, because my mindset was black and white thinking is bad. Thinking in gray is good mm -hmm. and trying to find nuances and things where sometimes there wasn't any, and it was actually reductive and uh, to do so. Um, and it just goes to show that like there isn't a wrong way of thinking about things. There's a, an appropriate time and place for every kind of way of thinking and a ways to apply it. Uh, but I exactly. feel like we all fall into like, oh, well, that was a grandiose thought, therefore bad. Oh, that was a that was a black and white thought, bad. It was that was uh, I'm having abandonment anxiety, bad. <clears throat> Those things can all and okay, <laughs> like and, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but you know, so obviously you're borderline. You struggle with abandonment anxiety, I imagine. Um, doesn't it feel like we're always right though? From our perspective or just like how we see, I, I don't, for me, so for me, it's complicated because there's a, a kind of the default persona that I put out to the world is more, uh, collegial and cooperative and I'm willing to work with people and really, um, cheerful and outgoing. Yeah. When I get into secondary psychopathy or when I start drawing out the malignant side of me, that's when I will start engaging my grandiosity and the things that you're describing. And that's when I will be willing to like crush people, see them as beneath yeah. me. Yeah. So it, it's not my, it's not my default. It's just there. It's a, I mean, cause like I always, 
it's obviously confirmation bias, but I always feel like <laughs> when I suspect somebody is about to abandon me, it feels like it's like it's like, oh, I'm just in my head. But then it turns out that they they do every time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean Honestly. it's something which it's something that you're probably hypervigilant for. So it's something mm. where you are attuned and looking for the signs of that. And it's yeah. probably not incorrect that you probably do see some of those signs quicker than other people. Mm. One of the things I actually wanted to mention about what you're saying about all the different ways of seeing things being correct and there are no hard and fast rules. So one of the ways that I actually describe this a lot is in terms of groups of people in general, and this goes somewhat back to hierarchical thinking, but even on the sub, for example, one of the things that I generally say about groups of people is you need everybody to represent all the range and differences of opinions and affects and possible points of view that somebody inside themselves could potentially have a hold. And just different people tend to go in different directions. And mm -hmm. so what that means is, yeah, like there are people who will be more open. There are people who will be more malignant. There will be people who can be more traumatic, more uplifting. There's all those people embracing all those different perspectives is indicative of what the most self-aware or the most balanced human being would be in terms of being able to call something black and white when it is black and white, gray when it has to be gray, who's willing to be kind and open where it's possible, who's willing to just crush people with a smile on their face when they have to. The person who would be able to inhabit the most spaces possible and the most fluidly switching between them is actually the person who's the most in tune with circumstances and doing it, right? As opposed to anybody who actually just sits in one spot or one worldview or right. tries to just inhabit that place. And so I think it's one of those things where that's one of the things I try to get towards with people and trying to teach them empathy or trying to say to be open to people is not to say that you know being kind or nice is better per se but when you start seeing how you could internalize take on other people's perspectives just within yourself and being able to start moving between them you become a lot more powerful and a lot stronger because you can also see into other people where they're coming from better mm -hmm. and yeah i think that's just a model a model of how people interact in groups in their ranges and trying to do that for yourself it's fucking exhausting but i think it's a cool way to think about it it's 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 exhausting but fascinating at the same time yeah uh, like what i think one of my favorite things to do on it like even with my friends in real life is just to kind of be like, like they'll have a thought or they'll do something and i'll be like okay what what was your motivation behind that why do mm -hmm. you like why do you why do you feel that way about this subject like i have exactly. a friend like I have a friend who is very schizoid wired mm -hmm. and because he's not diagnosed with anything and he doesn't. And it's like, so we always say that like he, since he relates to schizoid, we say schizoid wired. Um, yeah. But basically <clears throat> he like, he described to me how he doesn't want to be perceived, how he doesn't want people to know who he is or, and stuff like that. He oh, says wow. sometimes he wants to be invisible. He says huh. often like that. He feels like he is a, uh, he describes himself as like an observer of society. Well, that's um, fascinating. And I was like, and when I, he was telling me about like not wanting to be perceived, I'm like, oh, you're afraid of people judging you. You're afraid of people like shaming you and stuff. And he's like, no, I don't care what they think. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> he, he, just <laughs> he just hates the idea of being known. And I would have never in a million years had guessed that if I was just exactly. because the only lens that I had at that point was, you know, my narcissism and how people perceive me, mm -hmm. uh, how like their opinions of me. I, I, and to this day, I still have such a hard time being like, okay, 
You don't want them to know you, and it's not related to their opinion of you. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it, dude. Yeah, and you know, and you know what? Like you, I think that is just one of the best examples. I mean, especially if we have more narcissistic people from the forums listening to it, like something that is that scarcely comprehensible, but for somebody else, that is just their default existence. Like that is how they see them. And that's it, yeah. exactly the thing I was talking about. And it, it even made me, and in the moment, it uh, gave me a lot more sympathy for people who didn't understand me because then, because then I had to Precisely. think when I, when I was like, well, why do you, why do you care if they know you? And then it had, so I basically had to look at myself and think, well, why do I care if people, what people think of me? And it's just like, well, I just do. <laughs> it's obvious. It's normal. <laughs> but it made me realize how like my thoughts, like that everybody's kind of drives are going to look that irrational from the outside. I mean, you just, you said it perfectly. It's just when you're looking at it from the outside and if you don't put in the time. So for, I mean, the first thing is you project, then you, yes. then when you listen, you hear difference. And then the next step is you start reflecting all the differences and you end up learning more about both yourself and the other person because mm -hmm. you have to see the difference between the two of you. And that's when you're really, I think, living life and firing on all yeah. cylinders is when you're in that space of actually trying to know or figure out why other people i mean uh i think some people post on the forums about wendy Beharry and her account of empathy it's just wanting to know why with people why do you do this why do you see things this way i want to understand you and that's really it doesn't matter what you deploy it doesn't matter if you feel their feelings whatever the fuck that means or if you ask them or if you reflect on it or you read books or you kick them in the shins to see how they react like it doesn't fucking matter it's just like whatever you're trying to deploy to show that you really do want to know another human being is what i think empathy fundamentally is yes. and then you end up seeing yourself as well because you're the one who's trying to do this act and seeing something that is aside you're putting yourself aside to think what the fuck is going on here and so yeah i mean that's just i don't know this is part one of two of an utterly unhinged conversation between few and nameless narcissist which has been done at editorial discretion to create more content and to utterly overwhelm you all with our awesomeness come back thursday to see how it all ends and how many intros there's really gonna be